you know, I don't know why we just, why don't, why, why don't we just let, why do we let stuff bother us? And, and why do we let what, pe- what other people say offend us and bother us and keep us from doing what God's called us to do? I mean, we're going to talk about a guy today that he was actually called by God 800 years before even the birth of Christ. And he was called by God, but he was so mad at who he was called to, he decided to run. And we're, we're still doing that today. We're still doing that now. So we, we get mad at people because we, we may not like them. We, not, you know, we don't like the way they look or the way they talk. But we've been called to him and we're running from what God has, has really called us to do because of our attitude, our position on things. And we like to gripe. Christians like to gripe. Talking about a guy here today that he liked to gripe. Man, he griped to God about the people he was called to. There's nobody in here that's ever done that. Griped about the people that you've been called to. I have never griped about you. (laughs) Calling those things forth. Talking to a pastor, a young pastor. I say he's young because he just turned 37. That was a long time ago. And I was talking to him this, this week, and he was, he was telling me, Mark, somebody got mad at me in service. I said, really? And he stood up and said he was mad in service. If you do that to me, I will come and tote you out the door. Okay, well, I, I'm telling you. That is not the Christian way to treat your pastor. He's 37 years old. He's green. And he stood up and it was a deacon of the church and told him, don't you say that. And it was something that was just really trivial. I said, you needed for him to go. He said, he, he left and he took people with him. I said, you needed for those people to go. Because if you don't agree with me, what I say up here, if you can't receive it, what are you doing here? You need to go find you a pastor that you can listen to. I'm not trying to run anybody off. I'm trying to tell you, you're not going to get anything if you're sitting there with your lips stuck out. You can't hear anything. Well, amen, Mark. Woo! So we're talking about this guy today that Jonah was, man, he was called by God. 800 years before Jesus was even born, 800 BC, right around that area. This guy was called to an entire group of people. We're gonna read that here in a minute. He was, in, he was called to an entire group of people, but those people were so wicked that when God called him to those people, he said, I'm not gonna go preach to those people. They're wicked. And God, you're only called to the righteous. That's what a lot of people think about today. That's what a lot of, a lot of Christ, the Christians are some of the meanest people on the earth. I've told you that before and you know it. Yeah. We think that, you know, God's only called to us, that we can only prosper, that we can only, you know, that, and sometimes we, we, we decide that everybody needs our opinion. They don't need your stinking opinion if your opinion stinks. If you're out there giving your opinion and your opinion is not God word based, you don't need to be giving it. I don't need to be either. Boy, this is a good learning, learning curve day to day. Yeah. Amen? Some of you are looking at me like, yeah. And then others of you look at me like, oh. <laughs> All right, let's go. 
Put it up there. You gonna? What is your name? Mel. What? Mel. 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 M E L. Everybody. Huh? M E L L E. M E L L E. Everybody say hi to Mel. This is her second hi. Sunday. Jason actually invited her. She's got two boys that that kind of look like Jason. That that just with the same haircut, and, and they're they're I think in class. Good to have you here, Mel. They're I'm going to have terrible. you read, and we're reading from where? Jonah 1. Are you ready? Here we go. This is New Living Translation. Go ahead, Mel. The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Nineveh. No, keep going. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. Keep going. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. Okay, hold on right there. We already know this story, but this is already getting bad. He was called to something. The Lord said, here's what you are to do. Jonah said, no, I'm not going to mess with those people. And the only reason why he said he wasn't going to mess with those people because he didn't like those people. He said, those people are wicked. Those people are mean. Why can't you send me to Hawaii or Jamaica? I'm sure I can find some nice people there. Why can't you send me there? I don't know. I still don't know why the Lord sent me all the way to the Philippines because it takes 24 hours to get there. 24 hours. And every once in a while, I just got a, I just got a call from not too long ago. They've invited me in September to speak at a, at a big conference that they have over there. And automatically, I'm telling Gino, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? She said, I'd love to see those people if they could put us to sleep for 24 hours on the plane. They could even put us in the pet section if they put us to sleep. And then they could wake us up when we get there. God didn't tell me that everything was going to be just easy, comfortable. He didn't tell Jonah that everything was going to be comfortable to go to the people that he's been called to, has he? did he? Well, Jonah decides to run. All right, go ahead, Mel. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. Now, this, this must have been quite the storm. Has anybody been on a boat where there was a storm on the, on the sea? Anybody? Okay, I have taken some cruises <laughs> in cigar boats. Anybody know what a cigar boat is? It's a long boat that'll hold about 100 people on it. And it's covered. I have taken some cruises that the water was coming through the ceiling. And I don't like water. How many of you know I am not a water baby? I don't like water. And we were out in the ocean between islands doing this. And the water was coming through the, the and I was in the bathroom on the floor, on that pee-pee smelling floor, nearly passed out. 
wondering why God has called me to this. But here's the thing about this. He is in the bottom of the boat asleep. This guy is running from the Lord. There's a, there's, there's a storm going on that's even scaring the sailors. You notice that? And he is in the, in the bottom of the boat asleep. Go ahead, Mel. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this? He shouted, get up and pray to your God. Maybe your God, he said. Your God. Watch that. Keep going. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. Then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offered the gods and caused the terrible storm. When they did, this the... Lots identified Jonah as the culprit. Oh my goodness. They were so scared. They were trying to find out, hey, you know, let's, let's just, you know, how many of you ever heard that, that phrase, casting lots? Somebody defined to me what casting a lot is. Picking straws? Kind of fortune telling? Kind of saying, okay, somebody show us. Something needs to show us why we're going through this, Right? And the lots came to Jonah. All right, go ahead, Mel. Why has this awful storm come down on us, they demanded. Who are you? What is your line of work? <laughs> what country are you from? What is your nationality? Jonah answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. The sailors were terrified when they heard this, for he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. Okay, so we're getting this picture here. He's running away from God. He's sleeping in the bottom of the boat. They pull him out and say, you're the reason for this. What, what are you doing here? Why are you here? He said, well, I, I, I've actually been called by God. But you notice he didn't say, I've been called by God and I'm running. Has he said that yet? All right, keep going. Oh, why did you do it? They groaned. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to, to you to stop the storm? <laughs> Throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. Mm. Instead, the sailors rowed even harder to get the ship to the land. But the stormy sea was too violent for them and they couldn't make it then they cried out to the lord jesus or jonah's god oh lord they pleaded don't make us die for this man's sin and don't hold us responsible for his death <laughs> oh lord you have sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons mm. then the sailors picked jonah up and threw him into the raging sea and the storm stopped at once. The sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. Is that the end of one? No. Keep going. Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. Oh my goodness. Okay. Can anybody put themselves in what we just went through? Could anybody do that? Now, let me tell you a couple things about Jonah now that we've gone through chapter one. That's entire chapter one right there. There's not much known about him at all. In the Old Testament, as a matter of fact, he's only mentioned one more time, and it's in 2 Kings. 
Nothing is known about his family. His father, this is the only time that we'll ever see Jonah in the Old Testament, but Jesus takes Jonah, the story of Jonah, and, it, and takes it and tells of his own death. Because, of course, we know that Jonah was in the belly of the well for how many days? So Jesus takes this and he, and he explains his own death and resurrection through the story of Jonah. Now, Jonah, we're not for certain who even wrote this. We're not 100% certain who wrote this, but we're pretty sure it was Jonah. They're pretty sure. But what makes this funny is Jonah is writing about his own disobedience. Now I want to ask any of you in here, who would write a book about your own disobedience? Let me go a step further. Who would write a book about your own disobedience to God? I don't think I would. But it's pretty for certain that Jonah wrote this because he tells of his own disobedience and then he tells how he really comes to, to agreement with God even though he still kept a bad attitude about it. He still said, okay, God, Lord, you, you called me to this, so therefore I'm, I'm going to do it, but I'm not going to like it. We're going we're gonna to watch. We'll know here in the next three weeks, you know, what Jonah does. But man, this is just an amazing story, and we tell this to our children because it's an awesome story about a man getting swallowed by a fish. I had a really awesome picture that was painted of Jonah being swallowed by the fish, and he looked just like Jody. <laughs> so the picture... I thought, that's Jody. Not saying Jody needs to be swallowed by fish, but it looked like Jody. Amen? Well, maybe Jody does need it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it looked like Jody. Anyway, all right, all right. So here we have a guy that has been called. He's called by God. He knows what he's to do. He doesn't want to do it. He runs off. God intervenes, he gets thrown in the water, he gets thrown in the sea, and then he gets swallowed by a fish. Now, we're getting ready to see Jonah praying in the belly of the fish or the whale. And this prayer is not your normal prayer. And this is just chapter two. It's very, very, very short. So we're gonna go ahead and read that. And you're gonna see how Jonah decides, you know, I probably need to do what God's called me to do. My best option. I, I think it's time to do what God's called me to do. Are you ready to see the prayer? All right, let's go. Mel, go ahead. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead, and Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean depths, and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. Then I said, O oh Lord, you have driven me from your presence, yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. I sank beneath the waves, and the water closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my, my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth, whose gates locked shut forever. But you, O oh Lord my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord, and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their back on all God's mercies. 
but I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise, and I will fulfill all my vows, for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. What kind of prayer would you have if you were swallowed by a fish? If you were had seaweed wrapped around your head? It brings me back to when we were in that boat and the water was coming through the ceiling. Everybody was sick and throwing up. And it was a really nice smelling place. Sitting there on the floor of that boat, I was thinking, Lord, why have you caught, why am I here? Have I missed it? Have I missed something? Because here I am, I thought, I thought that if God called, that everything was supposed to go my way. <laughs> what are you laughing at? First mistake. If you're not thinking the same thing, you're wishing that. Yeah. You know, everybody, everybody in this place, at one time or another, you're gonna go through, through some, you're gonna go through something. You're gonna go through financial woes, you're gonna go through through things in your marriage, you're gonna go through. The, the biggest problem we have is, is we focus on ourselves and we think we're the only one with any problem. True. And so therefore, we focus on our problem. Yeah. True. We gripe and we complain and we gripe and we complain and we say, Lord, you know, uh, you know I, maybe I missed it, but, but I don't like where I'm at. So we get unhappy about everything we do. Well, here's something that we need to learn about this. The Lord's mercy is not only for the righteous. God's mercy is for everybody. Even the people that don't agree with you. And just because they disagree with you doesn't mean that you have to badmouth them until they agree with you. Do you realize that just because you gripe about things, you're not gonna change their mind? Here's the thing. The more we gripe at people, the more we center people out, the, le the more they turn. The more that we... Uh, let's, let's just put it out there. The more that we, that the church talks bad about homosexuals, the more they talk bad about certain people, you know, certain groups, watch what happens. The more they turn away from the church. The more we badmouth, the more we talk about them, the more we, the more we tell everybody how they're wrong. Guys, people don't want, people don't want to hear it. Because the more that you talk about it, the less they want to hear from you. Okay. So we've got this guy that's really decided, you know, okay, I'm in the belly of this fish. Lord, I'm, I'm saying an earnest prayer to you. By the way, Jonah means dove. What does a dove represent? Does a dove represent peace? That's what we mostly know it for. Did you know a dove on one side represents peace, but on the other side represents silliness? So Jonah's, Jonah's name could actually mean peace or silliness. That's what it means. Which do you think on the side of this story does it mean? Really? <laughs> I mean, the stuff that he does in this is, is silly. Yeah. Now, I don't know how many, does anybody know any born-again believers that just do silly, 
crazy stuff. Not you. Just do, just do silly stuff. And we automatically take people, take, take certain situations and turn them around to ourselves. And I, I don't know why we think everybody has to hear our opinion. Why are we such an opinionated? Why, is it, why has America become so opinionated? Does anybody have an answer for that? Why have we come so... Because we're turning people away. You know, a lot of people, a lot of things that we say are not Christian-like. A lot of things we do are not, are not really, really Christian-like. And we're not turning people to the Lord. We're actually turning them away with our attitude. Well, I looked at this story. That's as far as we're going to go today because it's only, there's only four chapters in this. And I looked at this story and I thought... It's a good thing that, thank you, Mel. It's a good thing that Jonah had a little bit of time before he got to the people that he was called to. <laughs> okay, the first time I went overseas, I went with a lady that was like in her 70s. She drove me nuts. She just, she just, she's a, she's a wonderful lady, but, but I wasn't used to being around somebody that age. I had to wheel her around. I had to cart her around in all the airports. Uh, we got delayed. It took 28 hours to get there. She was a missionary and I, I love her to pieces. I mean, she just, and she's still alive and she lives in the Philippines now. But she just drove me crazy on the trip over there and the trip back. I sat in a different place on the plane. I had such a horrible attitude. I got there, I got sick, I got sinus infection because we went when it was fairly cool here. By the time I got there, it was all, if, if anybody have ever been to those tropical places, um, it's, it's just, it's, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It's just, you, you get off the airplane and it just goes, boom, hits you in the face. Oh, it was, what was that? <laughs> kind of like here sometimes, yeah. And so I got sick, I got a sinus infection, and I thought, oh my goodness, and those people, they, they, when, when I got there, I hit the ground running. They got me up at 5.30 the next day. And they took me on a trip, and it took me six hours to get across the island on like four different buses with a hundred people on each bus that were a lot smaller than me and pushed me into the, you know, I was like, they don't understand personal space that we do here in America. Look at you guys. You notice that? Yeah, you like your own row. If somebody sits on your row, you'll move. Well, they don't, they don't have that, they don't have that, that option in several places. And so I got there and they had me preach the first day. I was sick. I mean, I, I mean, I must, I must have looked horrible. And they put me on this little bitty island to preach at this little bitty church, and they were waiting for me when I got there. They had been waiting for two hours. And I got there and I looked at them and I went, oh goodness. First time I'd ever preached out out of the, out of really out of the church. So I got up there and I can't even remember what I preached. And they probably can't either. <laughs> then he introduced me to the pastor of that little island church. He became one of my best friends through that trip. Amen. 
I hated that trip. I came home and I said, I'll never go back to those people. I will never go back because I am, it was hot. They always cling to you. They're always holding your hand. They're always grabbing your arm and walking you through the shopping malls or down the street. They're always asking what you need. They're always bringing water to you. They're always, I don't like people to pay attention to me like that. I'm not going back. Gina will tell you it took me six weeks to get back to work. I laid in a bed for six weeks trying to figure out what I was doing. I said, I'm never going back there. I don't, I'm not called to those people. God, you're going to have to show me something else to do. Guys, I could not hardly get up. And I know some of you can't even realize that now because of the kind of the, uh, the worker that I am. Sometimes, you know, Gina's always having to slow me down. But I couldn't get up because God had called me to something. And I'm telling you, I, I denied that call more than I... I mean, I, I just didn't want to do it. I couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand to go back. I wasn't taking that 26-hour trip again. I've been nine times. And I'm going back because I've been called to those people. Now, those of you who have been to Mexico, like Sandy and, and Coon Rods and, and all those that have been there, you've got the same yearning in your heart. I don't know if I want to go back because, boy, that sure was hard. That, that, that guy, he runs us ragged. He just keeps us going all the time. He just keeps us, I know, because I've been there. But you see, when God's called you to people, you will not be happy until you go. When God's called you to ministry, you will not experience the joy of the Lord until you go. You can deny it and you can live an entirely different life. You could, you could completely deny what God has called you to do. You can go on living. You'll make it to heaven, but you will not like the trip when you, to get there. You see, and I know some of you younger ones, I'm going to close with this, but I know some of you younger ones are going, man, I've got a long life to live. I've got all these years. Pastor Papa, he's old. He's in his mid-50s. I mean, he's old. Guys, I'm going to tell you, you're going to turn around one day and you're going to be in your mid-50s. I know some of you are going, no, no, I'm just, you know, I'm just in my teens. I'm just in my 20s. You're going to be in your 50s in a short period of time. You're going to be going, I don't know what happened. I was telling Jenny the other day, we used to be these little kids, and now we have little kids running all over our house that are our grandkids. It's just really, it's just really odd how fast life goes because... This is not really the life that you've been called to. You've actually been called to a life that goes on through eternity. This is the life that you've been called to for a temporary part of your time. This is not really you. The body that you're in, it's only a temporary you. We spend more time on a temporary part of us than we'll ever spend on a time on a part of us that's eternal. 
We argue and gripe about, we, we, com, we complain about how heavy we are or how much weight we've gained or how much, how we look, how much hair we have. I'm telling you right now, all that stuff is temporary. Yeah, you're supposed to take care of yourself, but we shouldn't be spending more time on what is temporary than what is eternal. So let me back up there. We've been called to this temporary life, not just to live it, not just to watch our body get old because no matter what you do, your body is gonna get old. I'm sorry to disappoint some of you, but you are going to grow old if you are blessed with a long life. You're gonna grow old. Your body's gonna get weaker. Your body's gonna turn. Your, your body is going to deteriorate. Your body is deteriorating right now. You are getting older this very minute. Sorry to pop your bubble. But we are all growing older and God put us on this earth not for ourselves, but to bring other people into the kingdom of God. That's why we're here. We're here, yes, we're here. We're gonna work. We're gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna do the things that we do. We're gonna fellowship. Fellowship is very important. But everything we do in life is not been called, has not been called to ourselves. We've been called to other people. Now I'm gonna ask you right now, are you living in a fish? Are you griping and complaining? And, you know, maybe you've said those prayers time and time again. You know, there are some people in here, I'm telling you right now, you've been called to finance the kingdom of God in this little church. There are not very many little churches out there of 80 people or so that can actually finance their own remodeling with cash. God is telling us, I have called you to finance my kingdom. And God is speaking to you today. Don't be listening to other people out there that God's not calling you to finances. God has called you. And it's time to hear because he's got a lot more for you if you'll just listen. It's time to crawl out of the fish. It's time to crawl out. God has called us. I mean, that, that's the word today. God has called us to wealth. He's called you to it because we're going to finance his kingdom. It's time to crawl out of the fish. So everybody stand up with me. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Those of us who are ready to crawl out, kind of get the seaweed off your head. Go like this. Go like this. You know, some of you have had seaweed on your head for, for forever, all your life. Got to take that seaweed off. Now you're going to ask yourself, what have I been doing? No, really, what have I been doing? What have I been doing with my life? I want you to ask yourself that right now. As we get ready to go through this series, you got, sorry, you got two more Sundays of this, so you better get ready for it. What am I doing? What have I been doing? Where is my focal point on my life? Ask yourself that right now. What's your focal point? Is your focal point, yeah, I want to make a lot of money. Or, yeah, I want to have a nice car. I want to have a nice house. I want to, God wants you to have those things, but it can't be your focus. If it's your focus, you're, you're going to be offset for the rest of your life. He wants you to have those things. He wants, he wants you to, you know, God made material things for us. Amen? God wants you to focus on other people. 
We're gonna do that this morning. We're gonna pray together that our focus begins to turn. We get a new focus on life. I'm not asking how many of you need it because, I, you know, I have, to, I have to refocus myself all the time. I'm one of those that I just get so involved in certain things. I get so involved in work, I have to refocus. And God generally does that for me. He shows me the direction. So we're going to start a refocusing this morning. We're going we're gonna to turn the tide because we're crawling out of the fish. Okay, anybody who wants to crawl out of the fish, you got to go like this. Just like that. You're going to crawl out of the mouth of the fish. You're crawling up on shore. You've crawled up on shore. You see the sunlight. Now it's probably just time to make some changes. And the only person that can change you is you. So Father, right now, just put your hands up in the air. All those who are receiving, put your hands up in the air. And let's, just, let's, just, let's just receive right now in Jesus' name. Father, in, this, in the next two or three weeks, we're going to change our focus. Those of us who are living for ourselves and we're, and we're complaining and griping because you haven't given us enough or we're just, we're just not where we think we need to be, we're gonna refocus. Father, we're gonna refocus. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna take our eyes off ourselves. We're gonna stop complaining about life. Things aren't going our way. Oh, you know, finances aren't going up. We're going to stop complaining about that right now because we're refocusing. We're taking the focus off of ourselves and putting it on other people. Father, I speak over this, over this congregation right now, this whole church, those people even on the other side of the wall. Father, I speak over this entire church. We're going to, we're going to shift our focus off of ourselves and put it on people. That's what we're here for. So Father, we take this short time that we're here on earth and we use it for you. Father, this very short period that you've given us, we're gonna use it for you. Father, everybody I believe has been called to some sort of ministry in this room. And Father, you're gonna open their eyes to whatever you've called them to if their eyes are not already open. Father, we have crawled out of the fish today. We took our hands and we just opened wide and we crawled up on shore. As crazy as that may sound and as weird as that may sound, we've done it. So Father, I just pray that the next couple of Sundays that we talk about this, that you just fill this place with opportunity. The opportunity of following you. The opportunity of when we follow you, we see things, we, doors wide open. Thank you, Father. And we're ready for it in Jesus' name. And all the people said, amen. amen. Are you ready? Because I am. Are you, ready to see, are you ready to see finances in your life the way you think they ought to be? Take the focus off yourself. Are you ready to see your marriage grow together? Come together like you think it ought to? Then take the focus off yourself. Are you ready to see your kids live for the Lord and not for themselves? Amen. Then take the focus off yourself. Amen. Amen. Come on, give me a shout this morning. God is good. <laughs>